And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hope you guys are having a fantastic week. Uh, great show today. I was joined by my friend David Rutz from the Washington Free Beacon. Uh, it's always a good time talking to David. Um, you know, we covered all, all of it. <laughs> all of it. The Colin Kaepernick talk, defunding the police, uh, Trump's ridiculous tweets, uh, cancel culture coming for Gone with the Wind. Uh, you know, just we, we covered a lot of ground. I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, before I get to David, I want to say hi to our sponsors over at the Aetherverse. Guys, uh, everything's crazy right now. <laughs> the whole world is upside down. Uh, may- maybe it's time to stop reading so much news and read some fiction. Doesn't that sound good? I-, I think I think a little bit of fiction is just what the doctor ordered right about now, especially if you're kind of tired of this insane reality we're living in uh, on planet Earth currently. Um, you guys are really going to like the Aetherverse. It is a brand new libertarian-leaning sci-fi novel. Uh, the story is more relevant than ever. It makes politics and social satire exciting and fun, mixing ideological debates with stuff like, you know, space battles and violence and action and all that good stuff. It has something for everybody, political intrigue, war stories, romance, humor. It appeals to conservatives and libertarians alike, or basically just anybody who's anti-big government, anybody who's anti-social justice warrior. I think will really like this novel uh check it out over at the aetherverse.com that is the aetherverse.com uh, you can get it right now at barnes and noble or amazon online i will tweet out and post the links in the show notes and uh another thing we, we talk about a lot obviously on the show how you know it feels like we on the right are losing the culture war it seems like the left is dominating culture dominating uh uh you know, film, television, a lot of the new books coming out are left-leaning. These guys, uh, Joey DeUrso and Eugene Bryan, are great young libertarian authors. Put your money where your mouth is. Don't complain about the culture war. Don't don't complain about the left controlling culture if you aren't willing to support people on the right who are creating art. So, you know, support conservative art, support libertarian art. This is definitely a great place to start. Check it out, theaetheverse.com. Guys, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or Spotify. Uh, if you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, and if you like what you're hearing and want to get involved, hit us up over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast. All right. Without further ado, here's my chat with David Rutz. <laughs> All right, guys, we're here with David Rutz. David, my brother, how you doing? Great, man. How are you doing? Doing all right. I'm hanging in there. So let's jump. As always, we have a ton to talk about today. Um, let's jump right into it. The left may have just figured out a way to destroy itself and make the Democratic Party unelectable uh, with this abolish the police thing. Uh, Minneapolis is apparently disbanding their police department, which is wild. Um, leftists are, are calling to de- defund all police you know, normal Democrats are pushing back. Joe Biden has pushed back on that, saying he doesn't want to defund the cops. Nancy Pelosi, I don't think, is going to let a bill go anywhere uh, with anything in it that, that defunds police. But the leftist base really wants this, man. They really want it. I don't think they're going to settle for anything less than, you know, no more cops on the streets ever. <laughs> That's really what the, the, the Black Lives Matter crowd wants. So, I don't know. This could be the issue that, that divides the left in, in the coming years. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I did a video and we'll, we'll be publishing it soon about, you know, we hear the phrase 
fund the police and, and different Democratic folks are being asked what that means to them. And you ask 12 different Democrats and you get a dozen different answers uh, right from, you know, Ilhan Omar saying like full on dismantling of the police department. And, you know, the Minneapolis City Council saying our goal is that they said she said her, her goal is for there to be no police. And then you have other folks who are saying more on the Biden line, like you said, that uh, no, defund the police means you know, shifting resources and uh, moving things more towards social services and, and not having cops respond to things that are outside their training and their purview, which isn't really that unreasonable per se. Uh, I feel like this is in a way it's, it's a, I think you've seen a lot on the left over the years where kind of an outrageous extreme position like defund the police, you know, or, you know, completely open borders that becomes sort of in vogue and it kind of shifts the window of what's kind of a moderate or reasonable solution. So I think you'll see like a big drive for police reforms. And then when, you know, they get called out and say, wait, you want to get rid of police? They're like, no, 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 that's not what defund the police means. And I was like, well, defund police literally means get rid of the funding for the police. I don't know how else you- <laughs> Pretty straightforward. You know, I've seen the media translating that for us all over the place. Like I've seen, you know, CNN and MSNBC like translating, well, here's what defund the police means, you know, and they never did that for like the travel ban or, or that kind of a thing. Uh, so. So I think it's just part of a, a, a goal in shifting the, the whole debate to what is a reasonable solution and what might have seemed extreme before. Now the extreme thing is to fund police, whereas before it might not have been something quite um, quite that far to the left. It is a 95-5 issue, right? I mean, uh, <laughs> only less than 20% of people are for abolishing the police department. That number seemed high to me. Like, yeah, I that... think it was the height. That seems high. But it's extremely unpopular to, yes, get rid of a police police department i mean it's funny like i you know as a libertarian i want to privatize the police you know like i, I don't think we should have single-payer health care i don't think we should have single-payer education i don't think we should have single-payer law enforcement i mean I, I think they're all equally horrible uh socialist ideas but i mean these idiots aren't you know principled libertarians like like yours truly yeah they're just you know this is just left-wing nonsense but like, it's funny man like since the people calling to to defund the police are socialists, like obviously they're not going to pull it off. They're not going to defund the police. If if Minneapolis really goes through with this, it's going to be a disaster. People are going to die, and then they'll bring the cops back. But it's like, just just picture what would actually happen. So that they get rid of the cops, day one. Later in day one, um, all the rich people just hire those unemployed cops as personal security, and then later on, still in day one. <laughs> the same socialists that didn't want cops will get mad that only the rich people have cops and they'll demand, you know, cops for all, taxpayer-funded cops for all, and then they'll just later, you know, that evening of still, like I said, day one, they will have just reinvented the police. So it's like, it, it's really, yeah. they, they really haven't thought this one through. Yeah, and I think the end result of this, even in cities like Minneapolis or other places with kind of hard left city councils, I don't I really don't think you're going to see like an actual removal of the police department, no matter what people like Ilhan Omar say. I just feel like you're going to see police doing a lot of the same things, but maybe with like a different name, um, you know, or something like that. Because I just I, I don't think anyone, once they really give it a hard consideration, likes the idea that there's really, really no one authorized to deal with crime, to deal with violent crime. Like, you know, someone you see that CNN clip where. Uh, Allison Camerata asked the, the city council president of Minneapolis, well, what do I do if someone breaks in and I want to call someone? And her answer was, well, I've had neighbors say that to me and that, that 
comes from a place of privilege. And uh, <laughs> yeah, right, I was, right. yeah, that's a, that's a quote. And, you know, I just sort of like blinked a few times and I'm like, it's it's privilege to to want to, to, you know, call the authorities to deal with an armed robber breaking into my home. Like it, it's just it's so it's so catastrophically ridiculous that they, they can't actually, I feel, go through with it for real, not not the actual dismantling like someone like someone the real hard left might want to do. I think you're just going to see it reorganized under a new name. And um, and maybe in certain cities, if they find, you know, services that other people can take care of that cops don't have to handle, like regarding mental health or things like that, then maybe that could be a, a positive thing. I mean, I think we've definitely seen that police reforms are, are necessary. Um, but um, the, the the usual call for cancel this or get rid of that on the left is is obviously unserious. Right. It does. You know, I, I'm a big proponent of police reforms. Like, I'm not I'm not this like you know, back the blue, like super pro cop Republican type, you know, but, uh, like I, I just don't, I'm not that optimistic anymore that we're actually going to get any reforms, you know, like the, the Republican, the Trump administration for some reason is defending a qualified immunity. I have no idea why. I mean, that seems like a, a no brainer to get rid of qualified immunity. And then the Democrats, obviously yeah, don't, I... they don't, the Democrats don't want to weaken the police unions because they give too much money to democratic politicians and candidates. So, I mean, those are the, the two no-brainer reforms. I mean, get get rid of these corrupt unions and qualified immunity. But I don't even well, think what? I don't even think both sides can agree on those two reforms. I mean, those are the two most common sense reforms we could make that would actually make a huge difference. And I don't know if we're going to get it. Uh, I agree, and uh, I, I really don't think Democrats want to examine police union reform very tough because what are we saying? Unions um, are outdated uh, models that protect bad actors. And they know that what's going to come next, maybe teachers unions. Yep. What have they been doing for the last few decades? They've been protecting bad apples all over the country. We've seen some great ex, uh, we've seen some great um, expo- exposing journalism on how many just rotten, lazy, terrible teachers have been protected because they're unionized. We're seeing that right now with the police departments and taking a good hard look at that uh, would be um, would be taking a bite out of an apple that's really important for the, the Democratic Party. And um, I think they, you know, they've been Democrats have been running major cities for decades and these problems have persisted for a long time. I don't think they're really that interested in solving the problem. No, you're absolutely right. And I think they'll do anything to protect the teachers unions. I mean, they they're the the number one funder of the Democratic Party, uh, number one donor of the Democratic Party. And they they do not want to turn over that rock. (laughs) They do not. I I think they'll go to any length to avoid it. Union reform is a huge part of this and that would be taking a long hard look at a major base for one of our major parties and um and i agree i, I couldn't agree with you more on the republicans they should embrace uh getting rid of qualified immunity i totally agree on that too but i think they're so committed right now um to being pro-police that they don't want to give an inch and so we're just kind of at the usual thing where we're at an impasse with both parties embracing extremes instead of finding some you know i think some popular and reasonable solutions um to to make police better terrible i mean it's just terrible politics on both sides it's embarrassing really um but look i mean trump is you know this is a, a 90 10 80 20 whatever it may be issue um i mean that's before any police departments are defunded i think it would turn into a 100 zero issue very quickly um but you know he, he should be capitalizing on this right i mean this is a huge win he's he he's he has the majority opinion by a long shot on this issue there, I, I can think of no better way to win back all of the suburban soccer mom types that he's lost with his annoying behavior. Um, 
I mean, secure. I mean, security moms, man. You know, like the the George W. Bush security moms. Except without terrorism, it's now you know rioting and looting and and stuff like that. But <laughs> yeah, I, but so I, but you know, I, I think ugh. so. I've, I've heard that in my I've heard that in my uh, this is anecdotal, but I've heard that in my own life. Uh, women in, in the suburbs who are uh, who who strongly dislike him, but have been appalled by uh, Democratic. I don't know if the word is not. The, I don't know if I say approval, but sort of um, just passive responses to the the violence in cities that have stemmed out of peaceful protests and it's a great it's it's an issue for yeah trump to seize on in the on the law and order mantle and to and not be too heavy-handed but definitely take a tougher line than the 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 de blasios of the world and uh, i think that would be a way to potentially uh, start to win that back as he he has to i mean he has to suburban women are where he got crushed the republicans excuse me got crushed in 2018 and i looked at as a canary in the coal mine for 2020 I don't see any shift or uh, in that group back to Trump. And uh, if he loses white women this time after he won them in 2016, I don't see any possible way he could he could win because uh, he doesn't seem to be making headway in other places. Now, you know, you never know. This is this is based on trusting polling and whatnot. But um, I, I think suburban women are like the are the absolute key to the race. And um, I don't I don't I don't see him. I don't see a little strong movement there. Yeah, I, you know what's not going to help? <laughs> uh, you know what's not going to help Trump in the polls? Uh, getting on Twitter and claiming that the 75—we've all seen the video— that the 75-year-old man, a protester in Buffalo that was damn near killed by the Buffalo police, is some kind of secret Antifa super soldier. Why? Why would you do that? Dude, you, you have an easy win, man. You have an easy win. The left wants to abolish cops. Okay, you could win back suburban women. You can win black women. Dude, if you're a black woman in Chicago or Atlanta or D.C. in a bad neighborhood, do you really, and you have a, do you really want no yeah. cops walking the streets like that's insane? You could make you already huge inroads. Party trying to, you already have one party trying to disarm you or, you know, trying to slowly, you know, gun control is obviously uh, laws that are passed in a lot of these big cities. So they're trying to disarm you and they want to remove police, too. I mean, you could definitely be like they're trying to leave you defenseless. I think this is. Not an unreasonable message. Uh, yes, but regarding uh, Trump's tweet on the, the gentleman in Buffalo, um, uh, he, uh, the, he's, a, he's an old man who watches TV in the morning and he, and he reports on what he saw. And so he was watching OANN, which is the, the channel that's to the right of Fox. And um, uh, he apparently came to just asking questions, I think, is what he's backed off to now. Him and his press secretary say, well, we're just we're just asking questions and. I've watched it a few times, and I'm always skeptical of of commenting on uh, video clips because it's just whatever the person who clipped the video wants you to see. You don't right. see what happened before. You don't see what happened after. But what I did see was an old man surrounded by 20 cops get shoved to the ground and bleed while people just kind of milled around around him. And uh, there's just no reason at all for the president to comment on that. Uh, if he wanted, I guess, to condemn police officers for their conduct, I guess he could have. But I think it's best if he just doesn't comment on these kinds of local matters. But, but – uh, this is who he is. Uh, this is this is how he operates, and uh, it's it's a it's it's definitely not a, a popular thing for him to do. But as always with these tweet stories, I feel like they really don't really go beyond the Twitter swamps. I don't think regular people really care. I hope so, man. I hope so. You know, I, I the, this stuff pisses me off because I want Trump to win. Okay, like I voted for Trump last time around. I'm voting for him in November. I want him to win. I I, I wonder though with some of these commentators on on. OANN, some of them on, on Fox News, the opinion shows, um, and, and just other, you know, commentators on the right who are, are Trump-trained guys. 
I don't know if they realize that they're hurting the president's chances. Like they, they are not they, by enabling Trump's behavior on Twitter. You're hurting him. You're not by defending every tweet. You're not helping. You are hurting because Trump does listen. He does listen to his base. He listens to Sean Hannity. He listens to OANN. They should be like condemning him when he acts like a ridiculous person on Twitter because he would probably change. He would stop. You know what I mean? He does actually respond <laughs> to his base. But when his base is just enabling the behavior, you're not helping. Like, I get it. You're getting boomer MAGA follows on Twitter. You're not helping the president of the United States. I don't understand why these people don't realize. Obviously, it's on Trump. He's a grown man who's the most powerful you, person you, you, on the you planet. You took the words out of right? mouth. I, but, was, I was about to say, I was like, let's just remember here, we're talking about a grown man who's not only a grown man, but who's the president. The president. And, like, I know. He's this, I know that. Of course it's Trump's fault. He can't help but regurgitate what he sees on on cable news listen yeah i i agree with your points they that's that's who he he pays attention to and often listens to and whatnot but in the end the the buck stops with him if he wants to send this stuff out and uh and see the overwhelmingly negative response uh that's on him maybe he honest to god thinks he's right trump isn't you know some of these things you know trump uh, he gets taken out of context a lot he gets uh he gets cheaply edited these these sorts of things do happen to him but when he just sends out tweets like that that are (laughs) there's no reason for them beyond he saw it on tv i don't feel sorry for him uh, when he gets when he gets hammered for it. Yeah, but like did. I said, I also think they never have much resonation beyond the press and, you know, the people who follow this stuff uh, fervently. They care about their own lives. Not a not a dumb tweet. No, I think you're definitely right there. So uh, great news, David. Great news. Uh, anytime we watch any sporting event for the next year, we will be force fed Colin Kaepernick again. Great. Just terrific stuff all around. Yeah, he's back. Uh, yeah, kind yeah. of. Welcome back, on. <laughs> yeah, I've always uh, kind of annoyed everyone with my my feelings on uh, Colin Kaepernick. Uh, I thought that his initial protest, uh, people kind of forget that it sort of just evolved over time. Like at first, it was sort of just like he's protesting racism in general, and then it, and then it came specifically about police brutality, and and uh, he got away with you know wearing socks with calling cops pigs and and that kind of a thing, and. He's sort of taken on this life of his own as this like great civil rights ambassador and, and whatnot. And the narrative is stuck that he got benched because of his views and not because, quite frankly, he's a mediocre player. And, and in his last 19 starts in the NFL, he went three and 16. Um, and uh, that that but at the same time, I never had a real issue. I never had an issue with him kneeling. Um, I think you should, you know, do you want to kneel and run the flag? You want to do a skip? You want to do what you want? Then that's fine. Yeah. That being said, you work for a private business, in this case, an NFL team. And if they might take action, if they don't like what you're doing or find it disrespectful and you got to take the consequences for that. I think if he was a better player, he would have been in the league. Uh, now, do I think he would have been in the league if he like had not he kept his political views to himself and had the same talent level? I do. I, I really do think that. But I also think that when a team is considering you they are going to consider the whole package and they think you're going to be kind of a distraction and and really not contribute much to the team's actual success which again i think if we've seen kaepernick play i think defense has kind of figured him out uh then i don't really think he added that much to a team necessarily so uh i got if he wants to take a knee that's fine um and i think that any person worth their salt should be against police brutality and uh, mistreatment of of african-americans um, but as far as him being out of the league and the whole sob story about it just being because of his views, I don't necessarily buy that. Yeah, I mean, I've annoyed my audience quite a bit with the Colin Kaepernick stuff. I've always said that he does deserve a job with a team, you know. I mean, he's not great. Like, he did definitely lose a step. 
uh, since that Super Bowl run. You know, his first couple seasons were were great, and then you know he's really fallen off. But like, you know, I mean, every NFL team carries at least two quarterbacks. A handful of them carry three on their active rosters. So. I mean, is he one of the best 75 quarterbacks in the world? Like, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. so I'm sure he is. And obviously uh, team, but, teams yeah. are thinking about the, you know, the the publicity, all the, the negative press and everything. They didn't want to do it. But just, you know, me, naive Brady Leonard, uh, just wishes sports could just be a pure meritocracy like they're supposed to be. And just on merit, meritocratic grounds, like, yeah, like Cap probably deserved the job this whole time. But, I mean, look, he, dude, he's, a, he's in his mid-30s now. He hasn't played since 26. Dude, it's been four years. Like, you really think he could, like, if you're a quarterback, you can't retire for four years, come back and, and play in the NFL. Like, he'd, he'd get destroyed. Well, I mean, Vic, Vic, Vic was out for, like, two years two while years. he was in jail. Uh, it's, it's, it's possible. Again, like, I think he could Vic, be a perfectly Vic possible is, backup. He, yeah, I don't know, like man. like a somewhat okay starter. I just, he's, you know, he, he was okay. I mean, Vic, I, I don't blame him for going 3-16. and 16. I mean, he was on bad teams uh the, and the, those Niners teams he was on at the end that were, were 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 lousy but um uh I think the um the, the overall thrust of his protest like I, I said sort of evolved over time and he kind of settled I feel like on the police brutality I'll give him this too he, he's gone out he's given money to local communities he's like tried to start dialogues on this subject and whatnot also he, he doesn't really I don't know a lot of conservatives are very very bothered by him and I just oh I was always more amused by the media response to him than him than actually Colin himself. Oh, same. Because of yeah. course he'd been taking a knee. If he was protesting, you know, Planned Parenthood, the media would have killed him. But because he was protesting an issue that they agree with, then you know he was like, you know, a modern day, you know, Roberto Clemente. So it's 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 really I'm more amused by the media hypocrisy more than anything else. Uh, if if Cap gets a job, that's great. If he doesn't, I don't really care. Al Sharpton used uh, George Floyd's funeral yesterday to demand that Roger Goodell, quote, gives Kaepernick his job back, which is, of course, not how any of this works. Roger Goodell does not own a team. He can't can't hire Colin Kaepernick. Jimmy Garoppolo is a much better player than Colin Kaepernick, so there's no job to go back to. Obviously, if he can do well in, in workouts or whatever and, and earn a job on some other squad, good, you know, more power to him. But If the man helped my Falcons win, I'd be his biggest fan. Yeah, man, I don't care, yeah. Like, dude, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Steelers <laughs> fan, man. Like, when Big Ben went down last year, like, I don't know if you saw any Steelers games, man, but I had to watch Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges for 16 games. You kidding me? Yeah, I wish Kaepernick was on the Steelers I, as yeah, a backup sorry, last year. My goodness, those guys were sorry, atrocious. I don't, so, I don't feel sorry for Steelers fans, but, uh, yeah, yeah, you got to you got to see how the other half lived for a little bit there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So I would encourage everyone, Colin Kaepernick, to take a deep breath, think about not if he was protesting for an issue you cared about, and uh, if he was, uh, it, would, would that change the way you feel about him? Uh, I don't necessarily agree with everything that he's about. Like just like I don't agree with, you know, the the politics of Black Lives Matter to a certain extent. But I respect his right to do it, and I wish other people would uh, would do that too. Of course, that's um, perfectly reasonable, and everybody should do that. But Donald Trump's the president of the United States, and he tweets, he's going to jump right back on this, isn't he? It was a winner for him in 2017. I bet he will. I mean, he actually kind of came out the winner in that whole standoff with the NFL. I feel like, um, you know, they they I, team stopped the kneeling and they got back to it. And you saw a lot of empty seats in the stands. The NFL's got a very, you know, uh, I feel like more, I guess, patriotic fan base is the 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 PC word for this. And a lot of them didn't care for that from the players. Um, again, I, I think it's silly. I love the NFL. I would never miss a game ever. But uh, same. There was no doubt that they were they're taking a financial hit for their players being more political. 
So, yes, I think we could definitely count on Trump uh, getting back into this if we do have a season and and more players, uh, more players, Neil. Oh, we're going to have a season. Dude, we need it. <laughs> you can, don't even talk we like need that. It. Don't <laughs> even talk like that right I, now, David. Come I, on, I, man. I, I, I wish I was as optimistic as you are. I'm, I can't. I would die for just. Uh, I'll watch. I, I can't stand the NBA. I watch NBA games when they come back. I'll watch anything. Dude, I'd watch that weird Canadian sport with the brooms and the, the big. <laughs> I'll <rock>. watch dodgeball. <laughs> All right, so look, I uh, here's just a just something that popped in my head yesterday, and I wanted to mention it on the podcast. Um, I'm realizing the real problem in this country. And sorry, I'm just out of left field, totally switching gears here. But I'm realizing the real problem isn't in the in the country politically is not the Democratic politicians. It's just the press. It's just the press that's dividing America. It, it, the press is more nefarious than the politicians, and I realize that. Interestingly enough, watching the Democratic politicians with their ridiculous, racist PR stunt, where, where they went into the Capitol building wearing these, like, some kind of African scarves, and they kneeled down. And I realized these people are too stupid to be evil. You know, like, I've, I've, always, I've always thought it was the, 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 you know, the press were the, the propaganda wing of the DNC. They, they were the useful idiots for the DNC. But it's the other way around. I've been looking at this all wrong my entire life. I realized that Pelosi, I mean, Pelosi fell down and she couldn't get up. Jerry Nadler couldn't figure out how to take his mask off. And I realized these people are just clowns. Like, they're zoo animals. Like, they're, they're the monkey, they're the trained monkeys throwing poop at each other. And the press are the monkey trainers. Like, you know, Jerry Nadler isn't smart enough to be nefarious, right? But the press are. Like, the people that wrote the, the 1619 Project over the New York Times, they know exactly what they're doing. Like, they, they know, they, they're specifically trying to tear down this country and replace it with, you know, their, their socialist utopia or something like that. I, I've been thinking about this all backwards, man. You know, it, the press are not the pawns of the DNC. It's the other way around. What do you think? Am I way off on that? Uh, I don't know. I can't, uh, the, the, the whole the whole pawn who's controlling who game I, I was amused by the, the side of the these uh, older white folks in these <laughs> in those souls um but i will say i think that that was the idea of uh, of uh, black members of their caucus i don't think they all decided to do that by themselves because i feel like that wouldn't uh, wouldn't have gone over well i sincerely hey, i sincerely hope you're correct i really hope you're right there yeah I, I'm, I'm sure i'm sure that was orchestrated by uh in fact i mean I, I read that somewhere i'm not sure whose idea it was but it was not uh, it was not pelosi or schumer's idea to just charge in there wearing those um in fact i saw a meme comparing them to the the parents from get out right <laughs> yes um uh, so well yeah they want to show solidarity with their constituents and and uh and do that that uh, that stunt i you know it's it, it gets attention the press loves uh, the press loves themselves some stunts I, I guess i'm so used to it it didn't it didn't really phase me yeah it was just funny i, I was just realizing that maybe my my target has been off a little bit. You know what I mean? But anyway, <laughs> sorry. That's just a, a look into the mind of Brady Leonard for, for one reason or another. One more thing before I let you go. Uh, so I, apparently we're going to do another round of book burning <laughs> because that's always that's always beneficial. This time the left has canceled uh, Gone with the Wind. They got HBO to, uh, to tip down Gone with the Wind, maybe the most famous movie of all time. Uh, I, I'll tell you what. I really hope the Libs never discover Blazing Saddles. My goodness, can you imagine what happens if they ever get a hold of Blazing Saddles? Um, I'm, Gone with the Wind was made in 1939. Yep. That's that's 81 years ago. 
And uh, yeah, I'm I'm amazed that HBO had just hit them that that movie's got some some dated scenes. I guess I would say, um, yeah, it's it's silly, and it's funny because it's not actually like a full on banning. I think I saw that they're going to bring it back later, but they'll have you know like a note at the beginning of it to explain that some of the scenes depicted herein are you know not in vogue with or with you know modern modern sensibilities like any person and who with a, with a brain wouldn't realize that themselves. Uh, it's, it's just a, it's a sad stunt. I, I don't know who they think they're trying to impress. I would feel very condescended to, I feel like if I were a minority in this, in this example, I'm not, I'm a white person. Uh, but I think it's just an extremely silly stunt that, you know, it does nothing. I don't, I don't, I don't even know what they think they're trying to accomplish here rather than just, you know, you know, it, you can't erase history and, and fix your present. I don't know why they think that they're going to. It's, it's a it's an artifact. I mean, the movie is a it's a it's a classic American movie. It's the most watched movie I think of all time. Of all technically, time. I think yep. if, you, if you adjust for inflation, it's actually the highest grossing movie of all time. Right. Because literally everyone saw it in America back when it when it came out, and uh, it's very illiberal, you know, lowercase l to to think that you can just erase history and, and not you know examine it and, and and just try to get rid of it like the Times tried to deep six that Tom Cotton op-ed. Right. I, <laughs> I don't know why they think that they look anything but weak and cowardly when they do these kinds of things. I mean, Gone with the Wind is a movie about the Civil War era South. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. What, yeah. Do you, what do you think it you're going to get? Be, like, yeah, there's going to be some some real shit not, in there, man. Like, that's what... Maybe certain scenes. It really doesn't. There's movies from 20 years ago that don't look good. I mean, we, my, my wife and I are watching The Office, and uh, there's scenes of Michael Scott where he's sexually harassing Pam. Yes. And they're funny. <laughs> Because it's so ridiculous how he talks to her. And we were talking and, you know, I was saying, like, there's no way they write that scene now. There's no way they do those jokes or write those scenes, which they play completely for laughs, because someone would be offended now and it would be seen as some kind of tacit endorsement rather than just a humorous, a humorous scene. Uh, and that's, you know, it's a tale as old as time conservatives barking about political correctness. But it's, a, it's definitely an ongoing problem. It's funny. I did notice that rewatching some old Office episodes that like man they wouldn't make that now but it's i've been like probably most of us in this country i've rewatched a lot of like old shows that i used to like you know when i was younger and every single show i've had the same reaction like oh man they couldn't do that now i I, even 24 i rewatched the first season of 24 which came out in like 2001 i think and like man that's they never would they never would have made that now even watching scrubs dude which is like scrubs is even more the same era as The Office, but even, like, more benign than The Office. They even had, like, a lot of racial stuff and a lot of, like, sexual stuff that they just would never make now. And it, in, like, a goofy show like Scrubs, you know? So it's like, I don't know, man. I don't even, I don't no, even definitely. know. I mean, I, I was telling you, I, I think, I was saying, I, I think, like, our kids' generation or the next one, it's, it's going to be, like, the first time I feel like that our humor is less, our humor is edgier than theirs will be. Whereas you think like as you get, you know, like the humor now is edgier than your parents and that kind of thing. But I think that's over with us. I think now like this might be as, as you know, or, or even a movie like you said, Blazing Saddles from the 60s. Like you never see anything like that now, of course. And um, we're, we're just going to get uh, softer and softer. What would George Carlin be saying about that, man? I know, man. He's a genius. <laughs> I watched, he, his stuff from the 80s ages so well. Man, everyone listening, you should go and watch George Carlin uh stand up from the 80s and I even you know all the way up until he died and he was dead on on so many of these things I mean he had one just about the the softening of language over time 
uh, that's like 35 years old, but he could have done it today and it was absolutely perfect. And, um, uh, it's, it's, yeah, he was a visionary. David, thanks again for doing this, man. I'm sure we'll do it again soon. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Uh, where can everybody follow you online, read your stuff, keep in touch, all that good stuff. Uh, find me, uh, free beacon at free beacon and David at D A V I D R U T Z. And that's it. I don't really do anything else. Just Twitter. Sadly. There you go. <laughs> everybody follow David. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. Um, um, um.